excitement. Something happens when the children of God are excited. Breakthrough happens when we are excited. Is somebody listening to me? I'm tired of Christians living in defeat. Or I want to speak to the real crowd. I'm tired of Christians living in defeat, having sad faces. I come, I'm sick and tired of Christians always walking around with heads down. And it's time that we understand who we are, the authority that we have, to whom we belong. He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. Come on, I declare this in the name of Jesus, that before you leave this building, that shackles will be broken over your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. That new joy will hit you. Listen, I declare this by the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. That joy will hit you from the left. It will hit you from the right. It will hit you from the front. It will hit you from the back. And God's great power will move in this place and there will be a shaking. Listen, you better hear me right now. There will be a shaking in your spirit this morning like they haven't been before. Hallelujah. Why? For the Lord is doing a new thing. So excuse the fire that is in me. I said, excuse the fire that is in me, but I refuse to be anything else. The Holy Spirit, let me just say this to you, let everybody understand, there's only one Holy Spirit, there's not two. It says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in here. Not, oh, come on. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Only one Holy Spirit. He's in you. Come on, I'm talking to you about resurrection power. Hallelujah. What do I talk about? I'm talking about resurrection power. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Not a different spirit, the same spirit. This means the same power that Jesus possessed. I have that power. I have that authority. And you have that authority. Do you believe that? If you believe that, I want you to jump to your feet and give Jesus crazy praise like you mean it. Whoa. Yes. I don't know how we're going to stop with this service. I just feel a fire. A fresh fire upon me. You know, before I'm going to, let me just get this off my chest so I can get to the word. <laughs> All right, so we've got Uncle Denzel, he's away on holiday. And um, so we are looking for more people that can play instruments. Anybody that's interested and has been with us for a while, please give up your name there in the back with Tani Mari and we'll take it from there. And then please make sure to book your seats, obviously because of the restrictions, everybody needs to be booked. Yeah? Your name must be on the list, okay? Please, un please remember that. Then, let's get to the Word of God. I feel this so strong in my heart right now. That the Bible says that God will do nothing unless He reveals it to His servants, the prophets first. And I want to speak to you something that I want you to take to heart. If Jesus returns right now, the body of Christ will not be ready. I want to say this again. The body of Christ will not be ready. Everybody was looking at the lockdown and say, well, this is so bad and this is so, so hectic and I understand in that context. But I really do believe that the lockdown was birthed for the church. Why do I say this? Because God is busy separating the sheep from the goats. The shekel is already into the ground. The Lord is bringing, and the Bible says this, He says that the falling away will happen in the church. This is where it will happen. 
So what the Lord also teaches us, he says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Jesus said this in the book of Matthew. He says, when we see all these things come, this will be the beginning of the sorrows, but the end is not yet. I believe with all of my heart that we are living in the beginning of the sorrows. And, and so the end is not yet. If I say the end is not yet, the rapture can take place any minute. You have to understand this, but I believe that what is happening to the body of Christ today is a purification of note where God will, because Jesus Christ, Christ is not coming back. You better hear me. He's not coming back for a weak church. He's coming back for a victorious church. A church that is on fire. A church that is purified, separated, consecrated, filled with the Holy Ghost and power. Let me just say this to you. And everybody needs to take note of this. Time sitting on the fence and playing games, playing church is long gone. God is looking for a people who He can entrust to pour out His Spirit upon and within so that you can walk in this earth as He has walked hallelujah as he was in this earth so are we somebody in this place alive i said come on is somebody listening to me so what's happening right now there's two things happening please hear me the bible says nothing happens unless he reveals it to his servants the prophets first i declare this to you it's coming whether you're going to like this or not it's coming there's two things coming for the righteous number one a wealth transfer like we've never seen before who remembers what the Bible says? He says, a good measure, shake it together, press down, running over. I believe the body of Christ ain't seen nothing yet. The money that will come in will not be so that you can buy supercars and sports cars and brag on it and sit on it. It will be money for the harvest of souls like there's never been before. Number two, trust me when I say this. And, and uh, let me just rephrase on that. If God gives you supercars, I pray that God will give you sport cars upon supercars, fancy limousines. I pray that God will bless you in everything that you do. I'm just referring to what the Lord is bringing forth the finances in for in this final hour. is for the harvest of souls. Because souls are coming in left, right and center. And there's nothing that the devil can do about it. And this is why we have to preach this gospel. Uncompromising gospel. This is why we have to preach this gospel with signs and, and, and wonders following. No more feel-good messages. I know there's a lot of guys, especially the guys out there. You know, when the past is hard, he tells his wife, we're not going to go back there. All right? But thank God for those people. They have to go. Why? So that the remnant can come back. So that the children of God can come back. In this hour, listen, if I have never offended you, you're in the wrong church. If I have never hurt your feelings, this is not the church for you. If I have never challenged you, I'm not doing my job. Look me in the eye. That's what I do, baby. The anointing of God upon my life will always push you to your limits. It will always push you to your limits. Because it's a yoke-destroying anointing. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout yes. Number two, but you mark my words, you can write this down, it's coming. It's going to be an outpour of the Spirit of God, and it will be greater than the healing movement of the 60s. Hear me right now, it will be greater than the movement of the Catherine Kuhlmans, and the, Jay, uh, the, the Seymours, and the Alexander Dowdies. It will be greater than the Smith Wigglesworth movement. Hear me right now, it shall be a move of God's Spirit like the world has not seen ever before. All the mockers, those who's playing with the miraculous, will die. Hear me right now. The hour is here where people will die in church again. Why Jesus Christ is purifying the body for the return. He's coming back for the church spotless. Come on without spot and wrinkle. 
I'm not one of those ministers that preach into hell. I preach out of hell. Amen. This is why there's a fire in me. You know how many people tell me, you have to speak a little bit softer. You know, you have to try to just keep up with us. You have to keep up with the anointing. We have to keep up with the anointing. There's a fire in me that I cannot contain. And this fire did not come from this world. Come on, it was injected through the, whoo, through the experience of the Holy Ghost. I don't care in what language we have to say this. Any man that has been with God is a ball of fire. Any man that has been with God is a ball of faith. Is a ball of authority. The children of God are shying away. You are not a doormat. Hear me, Christian? Well, turn the other cheek. Don't turn the other cheek. We are of the kingdom. We are of the south side, but we are of the kingdom. If, oh God, you didn't get this. You don't just turn the other cheek. You take authority. Woo! And stand your ground. And this is exactly what the anointing of God does. It gives you that authority to stand toe to toe with the devil and tell him somebody is going to move and it ain't me. Come on, I want you to jump your feet, draw that line and say, devil, in the name of Jesus, somebody is going to move and it ain't me. Wow. Somebody's going to move and it ain't me. Devil, Back your bags in Jesus' name. I'm speaking to a couple of people who's sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm speaking to people who's, who's just, you know, you're just done with just, you know, just getting attacked and just staying attacked. I, I want to I do something in this place. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will dose you with a double dosage of the anointing of the Spirit of God today. That you will be who God intended you to be. Victorious. The head and not the tail. Moving forward, never backwards. Blessed in your going. Blessed in your coming. Blessed when you're sitting down. Blessed when you're standing up. And the anointing makes all the difference. So many people try to fabricate the anointing. Let me tell you something. In the book of 1 John, to verse 20, it says that you have received the anointing of the Holy One. So we understand the anointing comes from Jesus. It's His anointing. 20, verse 27 says the following. He says, you have received the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you do not need that man teach you. For the, the, the anointing will teach you in all things. Now let me explain this to you. That teaching does not mean the teaching of man that I'm doing now. It doesn't mean you don't need this teaching. If you study the translation and the context of the verse, it says... That when you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you will not be deceived. Because when you hear something that's not truth, something on the inside will wake up and say, this is not God. Hallelujah. Why? Because the anointing teaches you the truth. So that context doesn't mean don't, take, don't receive teaching from a man. It's not what it says. It says that when people try to bring in a lie... You would be always to recognize this is a lie. Because you know what? You can only lie to those in the flesh, carnal Christians. But those filled of the Holy Spirit, they see it from far. This is not God. This is God. Oh, come on. Why? Because you have the anointing. 
of the Holy Spirit. You have the unction of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and He warns you of all things. Is somebody in this house listening to me? While I preach, I promise you. I promise you, hear me, shackles are being broken. There's things that the Lord is busy doing right now in your spirit, man. Hallelujah. You needed to be here right now. This morning was specifically for you. Why? Because there's an anointing of God that will be released upon God's people. And the anointing comes for one thing, to destroy shackles, to destroy burdens. Come on, the anointing is a yoke-destroying power of God Almighty. I want you to look at the following verse, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And I want you to see what the anointing does. Now, I'm speaking to you about resurrection power. Because this is what the church needs. I said the church needs resurrection power. If we ever in the history of the church needed that power, it is right now. Isaiah 10, 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that, that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Now, the anointing does something, you know. There's one translation that says so nice. It says, the fat shall be destroyed from their necks. The anointing destroys fat. If I say fat, it's not your physical fat. It can, both ways. But it says, the thing that is weighing you down. Why is it on your neck? Because it feels like it's weighing you down. All right, so it says that the day is coming, and he was explaining this. He says that the, the anointing oil or the anointing will destroy the yoke. The anointing, please write this down. The anointing does not break the yoke. It destroys the yoke. Something that is broken can be mended again. Something that's destroyed means it's crushed. It means it's under my feet. It means dominion and authority and power was taken away from that thing. Come on, is somebody listening to me? So what does the anointing do? The effects of the anointing is it's a yoke destroyer wherever there's a burden we've got an answer it's not panado it's not disparate it's the anointing of the holy ghost it's a yoke destroyer it destroys the yokes completely can i just say this free of charge now you know why the devil hates me as much because i'm a carrier of that anointing hallelujah i said i'm a carrier of that power i said i'm a carrier of that power Many people in this time, in this hour that we're living, tries to mimic the anointing. They try to copy the anointing. But you, you cannot fabricate the anointing of God. It cannot be fabricated. You know, when you know the anointing is flowing, when you preach happy and people cry. Like people do now. You preach people happy and there's tears that flows. Something is happening. That's the effect of the anointing. So the anointing flows and it destroys yokes. Whatever's weighing you down when you, this is why I always tell people that the scripture says faith cometh by hearing. The word hearing means continuous. Yes. It's not faith comes by, by hearing one time. Hearing speaks about a continuous flow of the hearing of God. So what happens when you feel down and out and you put on something that's faith-based, something that builds your faith, what happens now? That thing that's weighing you down gets destroyed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what happens. Now, the anointing of the Lord is so precious and people don't understand this. The anointing comes with a price. And people hear me. The scripture calls everybody anointed, but that's a different level of anointing. And we, we have a couple of weeks to, if, if the Lord permits, that I can teach on this because it's very important that the church understand why the anointing. And I'll, I'll explain this to you right now. Why do you think this? You know, there's so many 
uh, uh, churches out there and denominations. And this one denomination don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this denomination believes in the power. I don't know how you can serve a miracle working God and be dead on the inside of you. I have no idea how a resurrection of, a resurrection of life lives on the inside of you and still you're dead when we all get to heaven. You're not going to get to heaven that way. You're, gonna, you're not even going to know when he shows up. God, today I'm rejoicing that Lily. <laughs> Jesus. Hallelujah. Those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, their eyes are waiting on Him. They will see the. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. Because there's a fire in us. They've missed the scripture in the book of Hebrews. Don't you know that your God is a consuming fire? A fire. A fire. God is a fire. Now. Let's go to another one. I want to show you this one. In the book of Samuel, chapter 16, verse 13. This is very powerful for me. I want you to look at me before you're going to read this. I want you to look at me. David was anointed when he was a shepherd boy tending his father's sheep. Then he was anointed. Samuel came and anointed him. Now, look at me quickly and hear me. David's challenge was not killing David or killing Goliath rather. David's challenge was not killing Goliath. His challenge was not killing Saul. I'm going to speak to you this side. David's his situation, his problem was not killing, his challenge was not killing Goliath. His challenge was not killing Saul. Saul was anointed of God. And he said, I will not touch the anointed of God. So many people get anointed. And the first thing they do is they want to kill the anointed. But character is more important than power. He said, I refuse, even if I have his mantle in my hand, I refuse to lay a hold of him. He even wept bitterly just because he cut his robe. So his problem was not when he, he, knew, he knew that Goliaths are there to be moved, to be killed, to be destroyed. That's not a challenge. My challenge was not to kill Saul, the anointed of God. What a lot of people don't understand is when the anointing of God comes, I think the thing that keeps you with the anointing is your character. Yeah. That keeps you. Anointing without character kills you early. Yeah. It kills you early. Can I, can I explain to you why? I was preaching in a very large church in South Africa. A very, very large church. As far as I can see, there's people. And I was standing on the stage. You can't, it's, it's too big. So I was standing on the stage, and I felt the fire of God on me as I feel it today. And normally when I feel the fire of God on me, it's like Samuel says that when the Spirit of God comes upon you, He changes you into another man. So normally I don't see people's faces. God said to Moses, don't look at people's faces. Always, I always refer back to this, don't look at people's faces. So I see the glory of the Lord. That day the Lord said to me, get off the stage. Now I, I just heard His voice. So I walked off the stage and I stood in front of the church like in this section. It's a very large place. And, and suddenly... Suddenly I felt the anointing lift. Suddenly I knew the anointing is gone. And my, my legs started shaking, as God is my witness. And I started sweating. My, my heart started pumping like this in my chest. And I did this. And I'm looking at the exit. Where's the exit? And I'm asking myself the question, Vessel, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I heard the voice of God say to me, this is who you are without me. Amen. And when he said that to me, bang, the anointing of God fell upon me again. And I saw nobody and the power of God is all over me. 
And one Saturday here, I'll never forget this, I was standing somewhere here and I, heard, and I was praying for the Sunday service and I heard the Lord say to me, get up the stage. And I'm walking up the stage towards the drums and I heard the Spirit of God say to me, go on your knees. I went onto my knees and I heard His voice as clear as day. He said to me, do you know how much you need to depend upon me? Amen. I sobbed when He said that. I cried bitterly. I said, Lord, I know. And He said to me, never forget that. And His voice lifted again. And then I, I took the two scenarios and I thought to myself, the one I had to go, went, go off the stage, the other one, he took me on the stage. And, and so what I've, what, what I've asked, Lord, why did you show me the one that I have to go off the stage? The second one, you, so, so here's what I got. When I take you off the stage, it means in your natural life, I want you to depend upon me. My power can move on you. My glory can move through you. And when you are being used on the stage, you depended upon me. But it's my power. It's my anointing. You're just a vessel. It's not your mouth. It's my mouth. It's not your words. It's my words in your mouth. We are so dependent upon the Holy Spirit of God. Look at what Samuel says. He says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So this Bible says that when the anointing comes upon your life, the Spirit of God goes with the anointing. Amen. The one translation says, the Spirit of God rushed over him Amen. from that day on forever. That is the thing I like. it. Can I preach to somebody? Hear me. God even said this. He said, I found my servant David, whom I have anointed with my anointing. Now, this is a powerful part. God says, I have found my servant. This is the thing about the calling. It's not a good decision. I didn't make up my mind one morning and say, I'm going to go and preach the gospel. That was the last on my list. But the Bible says, God said, I have found my servant. In other words, when God anoints you for ministry work like I'm doing, He found me. This is why I want to tell everybody, this is not a job. This is a calling, a holy calling from God Almighty. And woe is me if I don't preach this gospel. God said, woe is me if I don't preach this gospel. The anointing is the only power that can divinely energize us. I said, the anointing is that only power that can divinely energize us. Come on, the anointing is the ability to free you from, from, from doubt. It's the only power that can free you from timidity. Come on, I said, the anointing is the only power that can break the yokes of poverty and lack over a man's life. It's the anointing of God. Shout, it's the anointing. Come on, the anointing takes you out of lack. It takes you away from timidity. The anointing takes you out of your own doubt and fear. When there's fear, the anointing takes you out of fear. So what was the anointing? I like the word anointing. The anointing is the smearing off. It's like God himself has smeared you with a sign and a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Which says, this is mine. The anointing, you can taste it. You can smell it. You can see it. You can hear it. The anointing, again, I want to say this because I think somebody else missed me. The anointing gives you divine authority. It gives you that ability to stand toe to toe with the devil and say, Satan, I'm drawing a line. Somebody's going to move and it's not me. That's what the anointing does. So the anointing mark you lack of binti. But I believe with all of my heart that God wants us to manifest, demonstrate, possess, 
and live in the same power that Jesus Christ has lived. Listen, if we want to do the same works Jesus did, we need the same anointing. We need the same power. We need the same Holy Spirit. Come on, if you believe that, I want you to jump to those feet and give Jesus a shout of praise. I want to quickly uh, uh, do a couple of scriptures and I'm going to preach you. Deuteronomy 18, 18. I will rise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren. And I will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak to them all that I command him. God says, I will raise up a prophet. I will put my words in his mouth. The Bible even says this when God called Moses in the book of Exodus chapter 4. Moses says, Lord, I'm stuttering. I can't even speak. And then the Lord said to him, I will use your mouth. And he, he went on further. He says, I will put my words in your mouth. Now I'm getting somewhere right now. Elijah, I want you to think about this. When the Lord announced a drought, I, I, I'm talking to what the effects of the anointing does. When, when the Lord announced a drought, what did he, for who did God announce that? For Elijah the prophet. He used Elijah's mouth to declare that there's drought coming. So the Bible says that eventually when he met up with the widow, he said to the widow, give me something to drink. And she, that was in the capacity. So she turned around to get him something to drink. On the way, he stopped. He said, while you're at it, also bring me a morsel of bread. And she said, no, hang on now. I have enough just to eat and die. Then Elijah said to her, give to me first and you will have more than enough. Now, let me just say this. It might sound selfish to you. Here comes a man of God in a drought, <clears throat> in a COVID-19, and say, give me something to eat. And you say, hang on now. I'm going to eat a little bit and die. And then the man of God says, no, hang on. Give me first, and you'll have more than enough. What people don't understand is that the, 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 the power of the anointing changed a widow's life and made her into a franchise bakery. She had so much cake to eat. After the man of God, he didn't hear this. When the anointing came to her house, and she honored the anointing, because what you honor, you have access to. You have access, oh, you didn't get this. That power and availability on Elijah's life broke, oh, let me rephrase that, destroyed a yoke on that widow's life. When he made this, she had nothing. When he was done, the scripture says he had more than enough. Come on, can I preach? The Bible says, the scripture says that one of the children died. And the Bible says this, that Elijah cried out to God. He said, Lord, I pray that his soul will return into his body. His child lived. And here's the powerful part in verse 24. She says, now I believe the words in your mouth. Because the words in his mouth is not his own words. It is God's word. And God's word cannot fail. What I want to tell you is that when, the, when you honor the anointing given, you have, you have to think about this. The widow was given to Elijah to give him something to eat. But Elijah was given to the widow to set her free. Oh my goodness. The anointing destroys poverty. 
it destroys lack. She had a decision to make. Do I give my last meal to this greedy prophet? Or will I eat and die? And she knew this is a man of God. The Bible says she said to him, Now I believe the words in your mouth. Let's go on, Elisha. The scripture says that Elisha met up with a widow that she said to him, she said to him, man of God, the debtors are coming. They're going to take away my children. I owe them too much money. He said, what do you have? She said, I have a little bit of oil. Then he said, go and borrow vessels. Go and borrow as much as you can and bring it. And then as they brought, the sons brought the vessels, she started filling the oil and the vessels were filling up. When the mother cried and said, bring me more vessels, they said the vessel stopped. And the scripture says, then the oil ceased. The oil ceased when the expectations stopped. And here's the powerful part. Then he said to her, sell it off, pay your debt, and on the rest, live off. My goodness. Think about this. The rest you live on. It sustained this woman for so many years. I wish I could get to somebody right now. Just because of the anointing on one man's life. And the power comes through association. It comes through influence. Well, I'm, I'm declaring this to somebody right now. That's how the power was transferred. That's how the power on the man of God was released. Why? Because God do nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets first. This is why when a man of God has a word in his mouth, you better take it and say, this is the words of a living God. And I want to say this, every single sower in this place, if you're a sower in this house, you better hear me. Your cup will never run dry. You will have more than enough. You will have overflow. My God, hear me. The time is here. You will have so much that you won't know what to do with it. And you will believe the word in my mouth. I believe with all my heart the anointing in this house will set people on par. Come on, you will get to that place where God has called you to do. Everything that you touch, you better stand in agreement with me right now. Everything you put your hand to will prosper. Come on, if you're a sower, everything you put your hand to will prosper. God will give you ideas like never before. Hallelujah. He said, do you know what he said? He said, go sell it. Buy your debt. In other words, the anointing gets you debt free. And not just God. Listen, God is not El get by. Is El Shaddai. He doesn't just pay your debt. He gives you something to live on. Overflow. Perpetual breakthrough. Shout yes if you believe that. The next verse. Come on, I prophesy to somebody's about to be Shunammite in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be Shunammite just now. Come on, be, be bold and say, you will be Shunammite today. There's a woman in Shunam. The scripture says there's a woman in Shunem, a Shunemite woman. And the Bible says she was married. But every time she saw the man of God going through the town, she said that the Bible says that she tried to convince him just to come into her house so she can give him something to eat. Why? Because the Bible says he said, this is a man of God. <sighs> if I honor him, God will open up something for me. And the Bible says he told her husband, this is a holy man of God. Can we make an upper room for him to come and stay? 
So every time that he passed, all his needs will be met. And I like this, that she didn't even want something back. She didn't. Read the Bible. She just wanted to honor the anointing. But let me tell you what the anointing does. So the scripture says she, she has honored him. She gave him of the substance. And it happened for a, a, a whole while. And then he said, I want to do something for you. And long story short, we all know she got a child. God blessed her with a child. You see, the effects of the anointing is when you understand, if you understand that what I honor, that's how the anointing operates. Think about this. The, the anointing operates through honor. The anointing cannot be hijacked. You know what a lot of people do? A lot of people think when you do this in one service, you got a double portion. One guy came to me in a service I was preaching somewhere. He said, lay hands on me. I want double what you have. Do you know what I did? I laid my hands on him. I said, Father, I pray that you will go double through what I am going through. <laughs> that you will pay the hefty price I'm paying, Lord. That's what I said. What? It comes with a price. Most people don't want to pay. People ask me, Vesel, what does the anointing cost? I'll tell you. Everything. It will cost you absolutely everything. It will cost you everything. My God, I feel such a presence of the Lord just now. Would you just lift your hands quickly before I continue? Lord, you are welcome. You are so welcome. Lord, thank you for this yoke-destroying anointing that's in this place. Everybody understand my voice that honors this anointing. I pray, Lord, that it shall come upon them. It shall destroy yokes. It shall bring provision. It shall cancel lack in Jesus' name. I worship you for this, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Now, listen to me. A lot of people quote scriptures and they haven't seen the result yes. and I'll tell you why a lot of people quote it and it's obviously it's a mind thing so they know the scriptures by mind power doesn't is not just released by word hear me power is released through relationship Amen. I want you to understand this we understand we have to declare the word of God. But why is it different that some people declare the word of God and it happens? Some declare the word of God and nothing happens. Because power is not released through words alone. Power is the result of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear me right now. That's where power is birthed. It's birthed through relationship with the Spirit of God. And I believe that every single stronghold over the earth today will only be broken through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. This power does not come to the lazy. It does not come to those who are not hungry and thirsty. It comes to those who has a hunger and a thirst after His righteousness. If we want to do the same works Jesus was doing on this earth, we need to have the same relationship with the Holy Spirit that Jesus had with the Spirit of God. Because Samuel says that when the Spirit of God comes over you, He will change you into another man. Jesus says, you know, listen, right now the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You don't need to do it through your own talent. You don't need to do it by yourself. You need to have the word of God in your mouth. And when the word of God is in your mouth, you declare it and God will back it up. But you have to wait until you get the word of God in your mouth. When you have the word of God in your mouth, you will see results. And that power comes from having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Shout yes if you're with me in this place. 
In this last hour, we will see a supernatural manifestation of power. Amen. Let me say this one more time. We will see a supernatural manifestation of power in the, this last hour. Power. Listen, let me tell you right now, power is so strong. It shall feel like a dam has burst open over your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Power is so strong. It will manifest in your core. It will keep you awake at night. The only thing that you will do is you will have more of God, more of the Spirit of God. It's coming. It's coming over the four directions of the earth. It's coming. There's a fire about to be rekindled in the body of Christ like we've never seen before a power a power that will bring strongholds down come on what God is going to put in your mouth you will head out you will tear down you will break down hallelujah get the word of God in your mouth come on there's a release of the glory of God coming on the earth like we've never seen before wow come on can you feel that fire stirring up on the inside of you we are living in the hour of manifested power. We will see God's glory like never before. Come on, well, how we need the power of God again. Somebody help me. God didn't ask you to do it in your own power. Just get His word in your mouth. Get His word in your mouth. And that's being born through the Spirit of God, having a relationship. Then the Lord put forth His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. This is why one man could have declared a drought and it happened on his word. Why? Because the word of God was in his mouth. Let me tell you, a man in the presence of the Lord is a dangerous man. A dangerous man. You know, one day I was so severely attacked by a person that my spirit man felt like rebuking this man. But rebuking him. You know that fire from heaven kind of. <laughs> and I heard the Lord say to me yesterday, be careful what you say, what you shall do. Be careful what you say, what you shall do. And I thought to myself, Lord have mercy on him. Lord have mercy on him. Listen, they tried this with, with, with uh, Samson. After hiding away in the cliff of the rock, they came to take him away wanted to kill him but what they did not know was any man that's intimate with God is never intimidated by a devil he's never intimidated by another man if you can bow before God you can stand before any man a man under the anointing of the Holy Spirit is free from a mindset of what people think and what people like. His mind are on things above. You are so in love and so filled with the spirit of truth and wisdom and glory that you don't care who's before you. This is why when a Goliath comes, you bring him down to your level and jump on his and cut off his head. Why? Because there's an anointing of God living on the inside of you. This is when a mountain comes, a person filled with the power of God. You don't speak about the mountain. You tell that mountain in the name of Jesus Christ rise and move and it must happen by this resurrection power listen the world listen I want you to hear me right now the highest title is not apostle and prophet I believe God is calling the sons the Bible says whole of creation are eagerly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God not the prophets not the apostles the sons God is raising up the sons in this hour that will be a remnant oh come on a body with fire somewhere there's a church dead a world dying they need you they need that resurrection power 
that you carry on the inside of you to go and stir things up. This is why when people ask me to stand still when I preach, I always say, I refuse. Why? I'm here to stir dead and dry bones. Come on, this is what the anointing does. Oh, dead and dry bones, rise in Jesus' name. Love! You can even fall out of your chair, dead. I'm coming for you. I'm going to preach to you in the name of Jesus. Come on, we will preach with this fire in the name of Christ like never before. You know, I, I feel so strong. The Lord has been speaking to me about this for a couple of days. My words in your mouth. Think about this. The words in God's mouth is exactly the same as the words in your mouth. <laughs> when you declare something from heaven after hearing from the Lord, this is why. Jesus waited four days to raise Lazarus from the dead. He waited for revelation from the Father. When he received the words in his mouth, he walked towards the tomb and says, Lazarus, come forth. And bam, there stands Lazarus. Why? Because the words of God in your mouth brings the result. This is why a lot of people declare the word of God. I am blessed in the field and I am blessed in the city. And nothing happens. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. <laughs> Woo! Watch your under. Come on, help me out. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Hey! <laughs> but those who has been with the Lord the anointing comes through that encounter with the precious Holy Spirit. It doesn't come another way. Then it becomes a reality here. Then it's no longer just He who dwells. It's your place of refuge. It's your shelter. This is why when you hear that name Jesus, you become emotional. Not because you're sad, but because you're undone in His presence. This is because that's the most beautiful name in this world. And you understand that it's not, listen, please hear me, it's not my ability. Every time, you know, a lot of people don't even see behind the scenes. Every time I prayed for people in, in wherever we prayed for in churches and they see the results after the service, I go into the prayer room in the church, close the door and I just say, Lord, thank you. It's not my ability. You hear me right now? Everything on my life is not mine, it's His. It's not my power, it's His power. Do you get this? It's His power. And this is the result of relationship. That's how it comes. By spending time in His presence. I was, I was Moses. I said to the Lord, Lord, I can't even speak in front of a crowd. I'm so shy, Lord. There's people with talent. And the Lord said, I don't want your talent. I want your heart. And it came to me and He says, I have found my servant. I have found my servant. And the Bible says, when they anointed David from that moment, the Spirit of God rushed over him. And that I remember the exact same time when that same Spirit rushed over Vessel du Brain and changed my whole being. It changed everything. Everything. Listen, today, I don't know. I said to my children the other day, I said, I don't know anything else but to trust the Lord. I sat with them. I said, I don't know another life but to trust Him. And I said to them, I said, if there's one thing I leave behind, if I'm not here in the next hundred years, 
If there's one thing I want to leave behind is you can trust my Jesus. Just trust Him. Just love Him with, with, with everything that you have. You can trust Him. You want the power? You have to get down and dirty. You have to lock up yourself and say, Lord, can I just be honest? Can I pour out my heart? I don't play golf. I wish I could. I don't know how to. My way of relaxation, sometimes we'll just lay on the carpet. If I say relaxation, if I preach and study the Word of God, and I just lie on the carpet and sometimes I just love a comedy. Just, I like to laugh. I think you know this by now. I love to laugh. Last night, as I was studying the Word of God, putting my f- things together, it came to my spirit. So strong. Every, anything of this world that you love, I hate. And I thought to myself, what? And I, and I started praying on it. I switched off all the lights and I started praying. I said, Lord, speak to me. He said, I don't mind you watching television. I mind you watching television more than you pray. I mind you being, boss, can you come and help me? I mind you loving comedies more than you love the word. That's what God minds. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and you know why I say this from my perspective? You can do whatever you want. I can't. I have responsibility. You, please hear me. I am dependent. I say this of utmost respect to anybody in this place. You get a paycheck. You're not dependent on, you don't need to be so much dependent. He's my lifeline. I have nothing else. I know nothing else. In this last couple of years being full-time ministry, I know nothing else but to depend upon Him. Let me tell you, when you depend upon the Holy Spirit, upon the anointing of God, it will do things for you that the world cannot do. Most people, and hear me, I say this with utmost respect, most generals of God die alone. Most generals of God. I was walking the other night, as I normally do in the evenings and pray, and I was walking there alone, and I said, Lord, I'm so lonely. I feel like the loneliest man in this world. I said it to the Lord. I said to the Lord, I feel so incredibly lonely, Lord. I don't have anybody that I can run to. You know, I have, I have my wife, but I need to be strong for her. So I said, I feel like the most loneliest person in the world. I always have to be strong for everybody. And I heard him say, you have me. You have me. What people don't understand with the anointing, it's... If you don't understand the anointing, you will think anointed people are difficult people. It's hard to understand them. The challenges they face, nobody else faces. Because there's a responsibility upon their shoulders that you never have to carry. Never in your life have to carry. Let me tell you something. If somebody jumps up right now in this place and a demon manifests like crazy, you're going to look at me. Come, brother. I know it's a lot of people say, oh, no, when that thing comes, I'll cause him out until that thing manifests. And I want to say something funny. And it really happened, I promise. I was in the church and the service just ended. So we're going to worship a little bit and I'm going to pray for people. And one of the ushers brought me a bubble gum, Chappie. Came, gave it to me. So I'm chewing the bubble gum. 
because I'm going to pray for people now. And uh, a demon manifested in a woman. I just put the bubblegum in my mouth. <laughs> and she, Wah! and everybody's, Wah! and she falls to the ground. And I'm getting off the stage and bubblegum in my mouth. And I looked at her like this. And her mouth is open. Wah! And I said, devil. And I said, devil, the chap who fell out. <laughs> and on the way, I grabbed it, put it back in my mouth. Just, Come out, you devil. Now I think to myself, imagine that chappy <laughs> fell in. <laughs> so one of the anointing pointers, don't chew bubblegum when you pray. I promise that God is my witness. You devil. Oh, there goes the chappy. Ah! A stumble anointing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoa. Praise the Lord. All true ministry comes through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Let me explain something to you. I was serious, I cried, and I laughed. And you still feel the presence of the Lord. That's who God is. I I don't call him just God. I call him Father. That's who my Father is. It's beautiful, isn't it? I want you to do me a favor right now. I want you to close your eyes, lift your hands. Every eye closed for me, every hand lifted. The same anointing that was on, on Elijah's life when he entered that woman's house and said, You're not going to die, but you're going to eat and eat some more. The same anointing on Elisha when he walked into that woman's house and he said to her, you will multiply the oil, you sell it, you pay off your debt, you'll be debt free and you will live in overflow. That same anointing is available right now. It's here, the same spirit. There's only one spirit. It's the same one that raised Jesus from the dead that's here right now, living on the inside of us. In the final move, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need resurrection power. I say this to you, church. The church will no longer be able to preach feel-good messages. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit that will set the captives free. One thing that the body of Christ needs to do is we don't need to be politically correct. We need to be spiritually and biblically correct. We need to declare the word of God with power and authority and speak the truth and nothing else but the truth. Even if it means people walk out on your life, you don't need to, to, to stop preaching the truth. You need the truth. You know, when the greatest release of God's power comes is when we preach the gospel. The gospel. Not man's imagination, not man's opinion. When we preach the gospel in its purest form, that's when the power of God is released in any place. When we preach this gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the power unto salvation. This is what the world needs. We don't need dogmas. We need the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need the unadulterated word of the Lord. We need the undiluted gospel being preached to our very beings. That will bring the power. And that power that will come will be a supernatural manifestation of the glory of God. And it's going to happen through a relationship 
with an intimacy of the Holy Spirit. That's the effect of the power. It's the result that you, the result of the relationship with the Holy Spirit that you have. The power doesn't come to those who do not want it. The power comes to the hungry and the thirsty of the righteousness. There's people under the sound of my voice that needs that touch of the Spirit of God right now. That's going to mean that people will leave you. You will lose friends. You will lose family members. But you will gain God. You will gain His power. You will gain that authority. He will put His words in your mouth. You don't have to do it in your own ability, in your own power, in your own strength. He will put the words in your mouth. You will know exactly what to say. You will know exactly what to do. Now, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome to do just as you please. You are welcome to move across this place. You are welcome to touch every heart, to touch every life and every mind in this place. You are welcome. I praise you, Holy Spirit, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, take all the glory, take all the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may take your seats for now. Greet somebody, wave them, smile at them. <laughs> I just really want to do the offering, so I want to start by reading a verse. I'm going to read Isaiah 10. I'm going to read Isaiah 10, verse 27. It says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. That anointing that is that Isaiah spoken about was here this morning at the 10 o'clock service. And I believe that same anointing is here today. It will overflow into the 12 o'clock service. It will overflow in your life. And I want to ask you right now, open up your heart for that anointing. Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit is here. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is able to let you drive that car that you can't afford. It's the anointing that lets you own that house that you can't afford. You can walk into that business as a CEO because of the anointing. You can walk, you can walk into that bank as, as the boss of that bank because of the anointing. So I want to ask you, if you feel the need and the urge to sow into the kingdom of God, can I ask every single body to stand to the feet if you can. If you're on the ground, stand on the ground. Stand to your feet if you're in your seats. I want to ask you to raise your hand to the heavens. And I want to say this. Say after me, Lord, from this moment on, I will walk in your glory, in your anointing. I am blessed beyond the curse. My yokes are destroyed, my burdens are lifted, I am blessed, I am blessed, I am anointed, I am above the system of the world because of the anointing, I am above the economic patterns of the world because of the anointing. I am debt free because of the anointing. I am a businesswoman and businessman because of the anointing. 
I am blessed. I am blessed because of the anointing. Now, Holy Spirit, I want to ask you one more time. Fill your people. Fill your people one more time. Let them experience you. Let them experience you right now. Holy Spirit, let your glory fall one more time. Holy Spirit, you move where you are honored. You move where you are praised and you move where you are worshipped. So I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, fill your people one more time. Just one more time. We cannot leave this place without you. We cannot leave this place without you. We long for you, Holy Spirit. Our hearts long for you. Holy Spirit, you are my everything. I am absolutely a nobody without you. My best friend, I love you. With every beat of my heart, I love you. With every single drop of blood that flows through these veins, I love you, Holy Spirit. I want to ask you, my precious Holy Spirit, the way I know you, the way I experience you, absolutely every single day of my life, I want to ask you, Lord, let your people experience what I experience. Let your people know you like I know you. I believe what I'm about to say will not quench the Holy Spirit. But I just want you to close your eyes and to picture what I'm trying to get to you. A couple of years back on a mountain, I met with the Lord. He touched me tremendously. He changed my whole life. That same Holy Spirit that touched me, touched Jesus. He anointed Jesus and He is here to anoint you right now. He is here to move through your circumstances right now. He is here to move through your heart, through your mind and your body right now. Your breakthrough, absolutely everything you ever prayed about is right here, right now. And He came in the form of a man, of a human, and His name is Holy Spirit. He is more alive. He is more real than what you are facing right now. He is more real than COVID-19. He is more real than cancer. He is more real than financial difficulties. And He is more real than any struggle you may ever face. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is in this place.
and see you through your